What's up, YouTube? I'm Robert, and this is the Biker Bar Podcast, episode 53, I hope. I think that's, yeah, that's what it is, 53. What do you know? So we're here tonight. I'm really, really stoked about my guest tonight. I got Brad from Cali Protectives, better known as Cali. But before we get into that, let's go ahead and talk about today's sponsor. Actually, today's sponsor is Cali Protectives. So this is the deal. I've never had the sponsor of the show be the same person that's on the show before, but I'm going to tell you guys this right now. And even though Brad's listening, maybe he could put on the earmuffs or something, but this is, this is the deal. Hands down. My favorite company that I've ever done anything with on YouTube has been Cali protectives. And it hasn't only been because, Hey, they've given me some free products or, or things of that nature. It's because seriously, when I met Brad, how much he really truly cared about people's safety it really stood up like stood out to me and everybody at the company was super cool and then the products were good too so then one of my friends gets me on this this uh cali helmet and he's like oh dude you gotta, gotta try this maya helmet man it's so comfortable i'm like whatever dude i honestly like a helmet's a helmet i don't really give a shit and he's like no man you gotta try this thing and it's all sweaty he just got done riding and i'm like fine. I'll put your helmet on if that's what it takes for you to shut up. And I put on this helmet and sweaty and all that other jazz. It was really freaking comfortable. So I was like, all right, I'm going to have to get one of these. And that's kind of whenever I first started talking to Cali was I, I, I wanted to try that helmet because it, 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 the sweaty, nasty one felt great. So I ended up getting one and I've been wearing that Maya or a, another, uh, like a newer one of that, but a few of them over the years because apparently I like bounced my head off the ground. But um, so that, that's been my go-to helmet, man. Every time somebody asks me what helmet that I ride, that's the one. So um, that stands true to what I said a minute ago about like, I really truly love their products. So let's go ahead and do a couple other things real quick. If you guys are listening to this podcast on some podcast app, swing by that app and leave me a, what do you call it? A review. Thank you. And uh, a five-star review only. If you want to give a four-star review, there's a bunch of other podcasts that you can do that for. So go ahead and do that. That'd be sweet. Outside of that, if you're on my Patreon, thanks a lot, guys. You guys are always the sponsor. So um, those of you guys that are interested for a buck a month, you can get in there, get some get some access to the coupons, keep my beer fridge fuel, full. For five bucks a month, you can get a sticker pack and also keep my beer fridge full. So let's go ahead and get started here. I'm going to gonna go ahead and bounce back over we got brad here let's see if i can do this all in one there we go what's up brad how's it going man that's great had a great day two right bike on, rides man. two bike rides in one day oh there you go i i broke out my road bike for the first time the whole year today oh no How my wife go? oh it sucked my wife tricked me into it but it was <laughs> but we did it it's it's all good that's funny you know that's the same way that i got into riding road bike well similar i i bought a, a single speed so that i could just commute to work so i had an excuse to drink more beer i was like oh if i burn more calories i can drink more beer and then um i talked her into it and next thing you know she wants to like climb hills and stuff i'm like do you not see the shape of me <laughs> so next thing you know we're, we're doing road rides like i said it was my first one of the year so yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we went to the to a local brewery after so it's all good where'd you go uh kelly's oh, right on. yeah sweet dude yeah I, i've been to a few places down there when i've been visiting your your uh your shop and uh you guys got some good beers down there not bad not bad so let's go ahead and uh 
I would like to maybe kind of rehash some of the stuff that we talked about on that episode that we did way back when that was a couple of years ago, but I'm sure uh, there's a bunch of new people out here listening that maybe aren't familiar with the history of, of Cali protectives. Let's um, maybe a little bit about where, where you came from and how you, how you started the company. Sure. Um, well, we started in motorsports first. Uh, I have a carbon fiber background from a previous career in aerospace where I worked on military aircraft. Uh, super lucky. I was in R&D on both the B-2 bomber and F-18s and got uh, a lot of background just building parts, building carbon parts. So um, when somebody came and asked me to help them start a carbon fiber factory to help supply helmet shells to make motorcycle helmets. And sure enough, I, we, you know, I said, how many times a year will I have to come to Asia? And they're like four. And I'm like, great. And then I spent 150 days a year for the next seven years <laughs> in Asia. I wouldn't do it again. Honestly, I wouldn't, but, but obviously I'm very, I feel very lucky to be where I'm at, but they're, but I'm sending these helmet shells over to the, to the helmet factory and having some testing background. I'm looking at these tests. I'm like, why is this test look like this? So essentially what happens is you take, you, we've all had helmets when we were kids that the foam got loose, right? right so right. What, what happens is you make the, the shell and then you make the foam and you shove them together. You glue them, tape them, any way to get them together. But it's, in, it's an imperfect match. Mm -hmm. And so you make the, the shell super thick and hard to spread the load. And then you make the foam theoretically softer so that it dissipates the energy, but it's an inefficient structure. So um, me coming from R and D in aerospace, I said, why, why don't you in mold these? Like you do a, a regular bike helmet. I'm looking around for a regular bike helmet. And the only one sitting really close to me is not a regular bike helmet, but it's kind of like <laughs> a regular bike helmet. Um, and they looked at me like, you're crazy. It's not possible. It's a tooling problem. So we, we just started messing around with it. And we were able to figure out how to, two years later, how to, <laughs> how to make this all at one. Okay, good for us. What does that mean? What it really meant was I could make a much thinner shell mm -hmm. and I can make the foam softer. The, everything I do is about trying to make the foam softer because I believe our helmets are way too hard. We're causing mm -hmm. way more brain trauma than we should. And it's based on how we built the standards. But if you can make that shell thinner, now when you impact, it's going to dissipate. It's going to flex much faster. It's going to get to the thing that saves your head, that energy absorbing foam faster. So mm -hmm. that's what we want to do. We want to try and get that foam softer. The standards were built back in the early 70s where they took cadavers. I do this like they held them by the ankles and dropped them. I, I don't think that's really how they did it, but it's- a I think that's image. how they did it. I think it's pretty I'm... cool when I think about it. <laughs> dead, dead people throw them on their heads. Right. And they, <laughs> and they where do you get some bodies at in the, in the, uh, in the helmet industry, oh, right? Oh, you can still buy them today. We, we, <laughs> I have never done, like you can buy just the heads. Are you serious? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's, oh my God. It, I thought we were joking. No, no. It's, it's a whole industry. Of, oh I my mean, God. So when you check that box that right? says you can use any of my body parts, it there can go, go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and oh Lord. I checked the box. I mean, you can yeah, use my no, hand. My I'm box done is with it. Too, man. I'm hoping I make it into a helmet factory. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to be like, this guy's head is screwed up. man. <laughs> yeah. No, they're, they're, they're still doing it. You know, anyway, so oh, yeah. they, they dropped they drop the, the full bodies and they determined that it took 300 G's worth of force to break the skull. Uh-huh. 
All right. Nothing to do with. Is there like trauma. a certain height that they're doing that from? Or Usually, like... it's about uh, two meters. Okay. Uh, it's a it's six point two meters per second, which comes out to be about two meters. Okay. And and the the what they determined it was that's what it took to break your skull. We didn't know a lot about brain trauma at that time. So that became the standard. That is still the standard today. 300 mm -hmm. G's. 300 G's is often death. But yeah. as a helmet maker, if I make this helmet and I send it to a lab and they put now a magnesium head form in instead of a cut off cadaver head for right. with an, with a linear accelerometer, they drop it. And as long as it's below 300 G's, you're okay. Uh -huh. I, I mean, you can, you can sell the helmet. So, <laughs> but in reality, 300 G's is crazy. It takes about 74 G's to knock you out. How many times have you been riding with somebody where you know they got a concussion, but right. they weren't knocked out? Yeah, they're pretty below, much every time. Yeah, they're below yeah. 75 G's, yet that's all we're really trying to, to, to work on. Now we've also learned about rotational forces and the things that MIPS talks about, and we can get into that if that's a yeah, way yeah, that we'll, you guys we'll want there. to talk about. Um, so, you know, there's so many dynamics that happen in these crashes, but again, I go back to where I was saying before, I believe all helmets are too hard and we need to start dissipating energy earlier. 80% uh -huh. of all crashes are below hundred G's, right? 104 to be exact, according to right. the study from the Imperial college of London. Uh, you know, so we, we're, we're building these helmets to take the worst of the worst crash which is important. We want to take that worst of the worst crash too. If right. you talk to the people at Snell, that's all they worry about. They, right. they don't want to talk about the low hits. They think that that's the only important thing. And I'm, I take a little bit with all due respect to Snell because they're, I mean, they did wonderful things to change right. how we built helmets back in the fifties and sixties, but I want to, I want to solve all crashes. I want to, I want, you know, from the little crashes that build up, you know, the additive effect, I mean, American football, the studies that are going on there are amazing yeah, yeah, for what crazy, we're learning right? about, um, you know, the shear forces that happen inside your brain when you have an oblique impact. It's not this anymore. It's like, wow, this thing rotates. And now you got these different layers of the brain and they spin at different rates. They break the axions. You know, yeah. I thought I thought about that before. Like, why is the mountain bike helmet not like the inside of a like a football helmet? How it's all like big, big pieces. You, you know what I mean? Um multiple reasons big bulky i mean you want to ride with a football helmet no not at all not but i was just thinking they could put those pieces in there like that like yeah no, the kind of squares that they got in there yeah and and we tr we are trying to do more and more of that stuff i mean like we you know we play around with not the big squares but, like you can't even see it but there's those little blue things in there the idea yeah, yeah. It, those we call it a low density layer so that you start dissipating energy really quickly I think you're onto something. I mean, talk to a, a, a skateboarder mm -hmm. and, and they hate wearing helmets. Now they hate wearing helmets period. But when you, when they're in competition and they have to wear one, you say, Hey, you know, wear this helmet bike helmet. And they're like, those things are too hard. They hurt my head. Yeah. The problem is, is the skate helmets, the old protect ones that took all the small hits. Mm -hmm. They didn't take the big hits. Right. So when you're talking about using the football ones, they take all the they take a lot of the little hits, but you need to take the big hits. And that's what that hard EPS foam takes mm -hmm. is the big hit. So oh, I see what you're saying. You're yeah. trying to. So I think it's funny. I had this exact conversation with Peter Holder, the inventor of MIPS, when when he's when I was saying we, we need to make helmets softer. And he's like, those are two different helmets. And I'm like, 
Peter, you invented MIPS. We're smarter than this. We can do this. <laughs> we know? can do it, right? And, and I and and I gotta admit, I've got a project on a on a bucket style helmet for for BMX skate street uh -huh. stuff that I've been working on for two years, and I and I haven't got the full range yet. Yeah, yeah. But I'm working I, on it. We've had this conversation before because you had explained, you know, the big hits to me on on the the helmets and kind of what you have to do to get those certifications is, is meet those big hits. But what you had expressed to me is like, man, how many accidents or how many times you bang your head around during the year that are like these really low impact ones, but, but they're, they're obviously like that's trauma. You know, like the last time that I went down, I, I, I banged my helmet up pretty good. It needs to be replaced, but um, I, know I didn't knock, didn't knock myself out. You, you know what I mean? I didn't like, I didn't like crack the shell completely, but man, I rang the shit out of my bell. Like I was, I was a little, little dazed for a couple hours, Yeah, you know? And, and so that was obviously under 75 G's from what you just said earlier. Like those are the ones that, that are happening all the time. You know, those big, huge hits are, they're few and far between, man, you know? Right. But I, and yes, and that's why I'm saying we want to figure out how to take care of more of those hits that you just took. But right. At the same time, we want to look, we want everybody to get up and ride again. We, you know, right. we, whether it's a big hit or a small hit. So it, it is a balance. And some people take the approach. Oh, we just want to take care of that big hit. Cause you're here today. You're talking to me and you're yeah, fine. Yeah. But it's, but I think we can do more on the allegedly fine. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Yeah, I'll drink to that, but what are you drinking over there? I, I went light. I went Pacifico right now. Right on. I don't think because... I've had one of those in a long time. Yeah, I, I used to live on my sailboat, and it was the you had to live. That was the go-to. That, that was the go-to. You, you yeah. do a lot of sailing? Uh, not for a long time. Um, yeah, but I've got I've got my wife convinced to move on a boat with me again. I'm pretty stoked. Oh, sweet! Dude, yeah. Where would you go? Uh, she wants a little latitude. She wants a little warmer. But uh -huh. I still, you know, depending on you know, I could I could live in Santa Cruz. I could live in Monterey. Uh -huh. She wants San Diego. Yeah, you want to get down there where it's warm. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, we're still a few years off from that. So we're yeah. thinking about getting an interim boat, something, you know, something that we could do some, maybe around Morro Bay or something like that for now. I was just in Morro Bay over the weekend, man. It's awesome down there. <laughs> we were at, uh, we were in, uh, uh, oh shit. What's the one the the, everybody rides the, the dune buggies on the sand. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pismo? Is that Pismo, it? Pismo. There you go. Yeah. And I, and I got to admit, I, I'm, I'm taking the COVID thing fairly lightly, not serious, but lightly. I wear yeah, my yeah. mask when I need yeah. to and stuff. Holy shit. There was a lot of people down there. It actually oh, made imagine. me slightly nervous. So yeah. yeah, we were, we were in uh Morro Bay was our anniversary. And then uh, we went over to slow and the lady had some work to do over there. And pretty much everybody was walking around, no masks on other than like when you walked into a store that you had to. So yeah. It's yep. it's interesting. I, I think that's a whole other podcast, right? Uh, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm sure, there's some other guys that know a lot more about it than I do. So I left that to them. So if if you were uh, tooling around in your boat, would you like do you like Caribbean or just kind of like bounce around on the the west coast of uh, Mexico and stuff? Or what we? So when I lived on my boat, um, I was still I was still working aerospace so it was, uh -huh. it was a home and i lived in redondo beach harbor i'd go to catalina island at least once a month i sail oh, right on. once a week I, but i met enough people that said 
I'm going to sail the world. And they got three months out and they quit and they hate yeah. me. So I, I'm taking a much lighter approach of, I just want to do some coastal sailing. I want yeah. to go down to Mexico. I want to go down the West coast, um, you know, and, and then hopefully get down to Panama across the canal and go the other side. Yeah. That'd and just be cool. I can tell you, I love Harbor life. I know uh -huh. I like Harbor life. I've introduced my wife to that a few times where we've done, you know, vacationed on yeah. in harbors and she likes that part. And she's unsure about the, you know, the, like the longest the long I've been time. out it, away from seeing land is only like five, six days. Right. And it, and it, it's, it, it's a little weird, you know? Yeah. So, I've never been on a boat where I can't see land. I, I'm, that makes me nervous to think about. It's pretty cool. So I have, I, I'm trying to be realistic about my expectations. Yeah. But, you know, I also have dreams of going to the Caribbean and, and sailing yeah. to Hawaii. I had this, I had this guy that was a, a supervisor, in one of my jobs, and he had lived on a boat for a while. And that's kind of what he did for like two years, I think, in the Caribbean. He just like bounced around. He was like, he just talked about like the harbor life or whatever. He was like, dude, it was just so much fun. And that was all he was talking about was getting to the point where he could retire and just get back down there again. Back on a boat. It's so sad. Right. It's great. Like when you get a new t-shirt, you have to decide what t-shirts goes. Right. You, you don't, you don't have a warehouse or a garage right. to hang out in. Right. It's like, you know, it's it, the simplicity of life is pretty damn cool. Would you put a mountain bike on the boat so you could still like maybe try to do some riding somewhere? I'd probably have to do that. I mean, when I did, when I lived on it before the, 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 I'll make this the long story really short. I, I took seven loads of all my shit, never lived on a boat before, had really hardly sailed. I bought this boat, took everything I owned and gave it to Goodwill, uh -huh. except for a four by four storage unit for my bikes and my skis. Yeah. And then three days into it, 45 knot winds through the harbor. And I'm like, oh, fuck, what have I done? Oh, no. <laughs> but but I, I still remember falling in love with it on a rainy day uh, in the cockpit with the bimini on and splicing line and went and having a little Buffett playing in the background. Probably yeah, there you go. Go, right. This is awesome. Right on, man. So anyway, yeah. So then you end up you end up uh, doing this Cali thing. So how did you get to the point where you were like you were checking out this in molding stuff that we were talking about earlier, and you're like, all right, I'm gonna try to do my own gig or never. I didn't want to start my own company. I was not looking to it. I'm and I'm at, at, at basically I'm an engineer. I, I, I'm mm -hmm. I'm really a technician. I I love being in the lab. I love making stuff. I love solving those kind of you know dig in and figuring out how to do stuff and. Um, what we came up with, the testing was pretty significant. We were like, oh, shit, this is good stuff. And we weren't right. the only people trying to do it. There were other people trying it. Um, and so we actually went to those other people and said, hey, we've got this wired. We can. This is production ready. We can send it, and we're happy to work with you. We'll sell you the patent, or we'll, we'll license it to you. And um, there were a couple companies who were really close to saying we, they want to do it. And um, then they backed out because mm -hmm. it's more expensive. It costs more money and right. and safety's hard to sell. I mean, it's getting yeah. better now, but 12 years ago when we were talking about this, people are going, yeah, just let's make sure we just put a pretty paint job on it. Yeah. Right? And nobody gives a shit about safety until they fall down and bang their head on something. <laughs> yeah. <man. laughs> so I had essentially what ended up happening was um, when, you know, we, we weren't able to convince somebody else to do it. Uh, I have an angel investor who came in and said, you got to do this. You, yeah. you, this is too important. Um, 
and and it's been awesome because he's been super supportive. He's a you know silent investor. He stays behind the scenes. He's never once uh, you know pressured me to to compromise the number one reason that Cali exists is to for safety, for research. We follow the research. We work with universities. We work with professors constantly. Like I'm not that smart. I just go look, listen to these guys and pick out the stuff and try it. I go to the lab. I try these things that they, they suggested. We're the first to put in conehead, for example. So the, the in-molding thing is ours. That's when mm -hmm. we started, right? And I got that investor behind it. Conehead, I don't know how much you've heard of, know about that, but those are the geometric shapes inside. It's like a mm -hmm. crumple zone. Don Morgan, a brilliant physicist from Australia, was trying to get people to, to look at this stuff. And he approached me, and I'm like, I'll try it. And it worked. So the in molding stuff though did you like yeah. patent that and then yeah. that's basically then all these other companies had to had to pay you guys some royalties to use it theoretically there's somebody who's basically <laughs> saying <laughs> i won't name their name but somebody and, out there <laughs> yeah who who uh like Liette uses it and they pay us a a, yeah. a royalty uh, I worked with some snowmobile companies and, and that happens that way. So the uh, molding allowed you to like change the shape of the helmet though, too, and kind of start getting fancy with all the designs, right? Not, not so much. That's no. not really what it did. What it really did was again, was way more efficient on impact of energy. Oh, okay. um, it's still today that your, your best structures are the rounder ones. If you don't uh -huh. have a lot of edges to catch and, and then, if you hit, like, if, if you think of some of the helmets that have really, this isn't the perfect example, but I'm going to find an edge here. You know, if you, if you, if you fall and catch an edge that throws the helmet, that's going right. to cause a lot more rotational forces. That's going to make your head spin. Right. So, so like those, for people that are listening, if you were falling backwards and you caught that kind of tipping point of the back of an enduro helmet, he's showing that it just like kind of cock your head one way or another because of that. That yeah. makes sense. So that's probably why why then like the uh, the skate helmets are tend to be just round then, huh? Because they're I think that that style just happened. It's just the style. So many years it's, ago, it's it it very simple. Just go with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Troy put that big fin on for a while, um, and and that's not Troy being. Oh yeah, that Troy Lee guy. <laughs> Shit, I gotta be careful. Yeah, but, you're 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 out here. You're you're used to talking to the guys in the industry. So like, yeah, you're, you're gonna drop all these names that people would actually recognize if you use the whole name. <laughs> well, and and to be fair, um, I was super lucky. Troy Lee invited me to come sit in in his office a couple of years ago, a year and a mm -hmm. half ago, and we talked safety. People used to tell me that had worked with Troy that eh, safety is not his number one thing. Uh -huh. I can tell you if I can't tell you in the past, but I can tell you he takes it very seriously now. And right on. while, while we have different approaches, he mm -hmm. does give a shit. And yeah. I, and I was honored to have those conversations and, and then to go see how they've got nine painters painting these amazing paint jobs was pretty cool too. But uh, you know, he gives a shit. He cares about what happens. So, right on, man. Yeah. So as do you, so you get into this spot where these people don't want to, uh, don't want to buy your stuff and you get this investor and he's like, all right, well, you, you need to do this. So at that point you're, you're, how is it the guy that doesn't want to be in business at all? What do you, what do you start doing to, oh, shit. So to we put go, this thing together? So, so we go to Indianapolis motorsports show, the first uh -huh. trade show in Indy. 
used to be, it doesn't exist anymore. Like Interbike doesn't exist right. anymore. And get a booth and I've got my first motocross helmet and like first half of the day, immediately I'm like, nobody gives a shit. Nobody right. cares about another fucking helmet. Right? right. Right. And, and so literally I'm like, I've spent all my money to be here. I, I started standing in the hall again, not with this helmet, but standing in the hall, go check this out. And people go, no, thanks. I get just put it in your hands. Mm -hmm. And if you don't want to talk to me after, I'll wish you a good day. And they right. put it in your hands. And the byproduct, again, of, of doing what we do is not only does it dissipate energy efficiently, it's lighter. Right. So they, as soon so as they, they, they put soon it as they go, touched it, oh, they were like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, pretty cool. And then, so the rest of the weekend, that's what I did. I stood in the hallway of the trade show, just uh -huh. like putting <laughs> this in people's hands. Yeah. And, and only one guy the whole weekend goes, uh, okay. And handed it me back and said, screw you. But right. I mean, he didn't say screw you, but he just said, no, thanks. But, you know, that was Troy. No, just kidding. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Good, could have been. No. Right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So you start grinding. You yeah. Literally, you start grinding. Look, most of the distributors, especially on the motorcycle side, have their own helmet brands and they're not looking to sell somebody else's. And it was a grind. Yeah. I mean, so we had. We so you had started a, out just moto was your full. Moto. Like your, yep. that, that's where you were at. Do you yep. have a moto background yourself or? What? Uh, um, I bike first. So mm -hmm. when I left aerospace, I went to work for specialized for a while, mm -hmm. started in helmets there. I was, um, I, I left there and I was the head of engineering. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, the bike I rode today, my road bike is tarmac number two. If you know what that frame yeah, is. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, yeah. Proto it never went to production. So it's got an aluminum, uh, down tube and, uh, chain stays and then carbon seat stays and carbon top tube Check idea being that it, the crispy response of aluminum down below, uh -huh. but the, the vibration damping above. Right. Anyway, so. Um, we digress. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> where, where was the question again? I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, how, did I, I think, how did how did yeah, I, I think how are you getting started? Yeah. Um, so you say you started grinding. I, so, so, I mean, it, basically, you got this investor. I mean, you don't have any employees. You don't have, like, a facility. Like, how do you? Started right here where I'm sitting right now. So you just looked, like, opened up my the newspaper and, oh, in the garage. There you go. Yeah. I actually had a, um, uh, I was also doing carbon parts. But, like, uh -huh. we did carbon parts for uh, KTM. Oh, mm -hmm. so th this is where you asked about getting into motorcycle. Yeah, that's what it so, was. I if you had a so motor I, was, I was, you know, I was into bike riding. I, I enjoyed riding. Uh, casually, you know, typical wannabe sport racer. Um, right. You like to be an adrenaline junkie, you know, back right. when we did the the kamikaze, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> straight down the fire road at, at, at uh, Mach 9, Mammoth. right? Yeah. Um, but so then I started making parts for KTM and I'm like, okay, if I'm making these parts for motorcycles, I want to get into this. So that's when mm -hmm. I bought my first dirt bike. And now you've seen my my collection of bikes at yeah, the office. Yeah, a whole now. bunch of them. Uh, too many. I got like five street bikes and you know three dirt bikes, and so it just came because if I'm working on something, I want to dive into it. Yeah, like, I, I want to get to know it. I want to understand the sport. It got really interesting when some um, uh, hang gliders wanted to start using our helmets, <laughs> and mm -hmm. they're like, "We'll take you out." And I'm like, uh, <laughs> "Okay, <laughs> we'll see." Yeah, I'd be good up until that point. I'd be like, "All right, guys, let's yeah. let's stick with things that keep my feet on the ground." 
so so you you start doing this moto thing and um at what point point pipe guards that kind of uh yeah so you start building the helmets though and you said you went to indianapolis what was the trade show for motorsports Oh, just motorsports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you yeah. said Indianapolis, I was thinking, well, what's he doing at a race car thing? You know, so. no, no, it was, it was, it was, yeah, they have a really good motorsports trade show there. They right on. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's, it's, it's also dead. Um, so, so those helmets start, start selling right away or kind of no, like, no, no, grind, 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 grind. I yeah. mean, we were just calling, calling, and, and, you know, we, we get some response. Um, in fact, around Indy was, one of our best territories because shops would go to that show. Right. And right. so actually around the, that part of the Midwest was fairly strong for us. But then we're like, well, okay, why don't we take the same technology and put it in a downhill helmet? Mm-hmm. And we did. And bike just took over. Uh-huh. Um, we still, we still do moto. I still love moto. Moto mm-hmm. super important to me because it still is where a lot of my R and D is because mm-hmm. there's a lot more margin in a motorcycle helmet. So mm-hmm. I can go try some new stuff and still sell it where mm-hmm. bike margins are a lot, uh, tighter. Yeah. And, and so Biker, I got it. We're a bunch of cheap asses, man. We're not, <laughs> we are. And, and, and by trying it there first, I can perfect it first and then bring it all the way through. My goal is always to try and bring the technologies that I believe in down market. Right. bring it down to everybody you know the the whole our whole low density layer thing where we want to put softer shit right next to your head yeah i, I want it in every helmet not just you know everything over a hundred dollars yeah. yeah and let's let's talk about that but i think first we need to get people up to speed on on what that is so those of you that are listening that are familiar with mips that's a system that allows the helmet to rotate sort of like your brain shakes around inside of your skull and the, in the fluid in there. And it, it is supposed to keep, you know, it's supposed to help with the side impacts instead of just like the, the drop the cadaver yeah, on his boom. head. It's, right. It's oblique, you know, so when you're, when you, and, and none of us rarely hit bam, right. Right. We it's usually the, don't land upside down. Boom. Right? Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's a whole rotational thing. So yeah, so, that's what MIPS was is designed is designed to do and does work. So one day you decide I want to do something different. So how how did that come about? Why didn't you just go get like pay the patent and throw MIPS in your stuff? Um partially because I think that um again back to helmets are too hard. With mm-hmm. MIPS, you put a, a a plastic layer between your skull and the foam that's supposed to crush. Mm-hmm. So you're slightly protecting the foam from crushing. Oh, I see what you're saying. So, and and I've tested MIPS, and I'm gonna tell everybody that bought a MIPS helmet that what they tell you it does does work. It right. does slow down rotational forces, and that's important. So I'm not here to bash on MIPS and say they're they're full of shit. They're not. They they right. accomplished something very important and taught us about it. Um, yeah, I mean, I remember when the first time we talked about this, you were like, Hey man, I'm, I'm stoked that they did that because they, yeah. they made people start paying attention to it. Yep. But as I started researching more and got into this whole thing of helmets are too hard and how do we make softer stuff? Um, I actually met, uh, Dr. Plant, Dr. Dan Plant from the Imperial College of London, who was working on the 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 gel pieces that we now use 
Mm-hmm. Um, his background originally was from the UK military. They they gave them money to study when a Humvee runs over a bomb in Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan. Wherever, yeah, yeah, that the the Humvee survives, but everybody inside. Yeah, it's killed because they, right, yeah, yeah it's, or, or majorly injured. So right. how do you reduce those forces? And and then it went from there. And then it it went to boxing studies where uh, he told me this one story where I was on the fence about MIPS. I'm like, does this stuff really work? And yeah, yeah, it, you know, and and um, and he's like, so he says, you know, an Olympic boxer cannot knock out another boxer with one punch. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, I've seen a lot of knockouts. And he said, yeah, I just said one punch. There's a couple of reasons why. The Olympic boxers have bigger gloves than mm-hmm. pros and MMA. Mm-hmm. And then and then they make them wear headgear. So they can't hit directly that 75 Gs that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. You just can't reach it with that stuff. So okay. how do you knock them out? One, two, get the brain spinning. You get oh, the brain spinning. The, the, the layers of the brain spin at different rates. The axions break knocks him out and that's when he told me that that's when i went oh that that's what mips is trying to do they're trying to slow down that that rotation so like hit him on the top of the head hit him in the jaw on the other side and then it's just gonna twist the head around and lights out shake that's it huh yeah yeah so that's when i started really paying attention to the rotational stuff and said all right so and and he had the initial idea of well, what if we put these these gel things? And he put it in Liette's helmets first. Mm-hmm. Um, Liette has those turbine three hundred and sixty pieces. Yeah, I have um, to take a look at those. I'm not I'm not familiar. Is this similar though? Similar idea. Similar idea. And yeah. and and he, you know, we were started talking. He said, and we can even make a more efficient structure. Uh-huh. And so, and now actually, last year um, he worked with Fly. On, mm. on their motorsport side and they've got another structure so it's 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 material combination because he he actually worked at, originally with um with d3o and mm. so he's got that kind of materials background mm-hmm. now this is a little bit different formulation but in the same vein mm-hmm. um and and it hardens more as the bigger the impact because you that you know you want that small impact to take the little stuff but you do have to take big hits so you got to harden it up so your uh, LDL does that? It, it stiffens yeah. as it gets yeah. impacted? Yeah. Oh, I didn't as know it, that. As, yeah, as it needs to. Yeah. So those of you that can't see it, it kind of looks like the top of a Lego where it's like the little round part and it has a, a hole in the middle of it. So like, you know how the cheap Legos didn't, or the some of the, the weird shaped ones, they have like holes in the top of the little pegs that snap together. That's kind of what the LDL how looks do I do like. There I am. Yeah, there you go. So those you guys that are watching, he's holding some in, in his hand. But basically, they're like they're not very big. They're only what about uh, maybe not even a quarter of an inch. Tall? Yeah, yeah, three Something millimeter, like four millimeter. Yeah. Yeah, and so the they're, idea is they're gooey. That, yeah, and so then those are like spaced all over the inside of the helmet, and now that's giving you like a little bit more of an impact zone where your head's smushing against it, but then it can twist as well. Correct. And so is there like, I'm sure you probably have a number, maybe not like, like how much does that reduce just having that little bit of material? 48 there? times. Really? Oh, wait, that, that, no, no, that's, that's, <laughs> that's that, uh, Trek stuff. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> they came out and said 48 times. Yeah. Um, so between, um, 
God, it all adds up. The end molding that we did on motorcycle helmets reduced mm -hmm. the, the linear impacts by 20 to 25%. Uh -huh. Then we added the cone shapes that we haven't uh -huh. really talked about. That added another five, six percent. So we're now we're getting up there. It's a and it also depends on on if we're talking a linear mm -hmm. or a oblique impact. Um we see reductions in oblique impacts. So the rotation of stuff, same stuff as MIPS mm -hmm. in the 20% range. Wow. It's crazy to look at this. Like when you look at it on the inside of the helmet, somebody asked me this recently and they were like, how is that possibly doing anything? And I'm like, I don't know, dude, I'm not a freaking scientist or an engineer, but it obviously works. You guys wouldn't be, be like spending all your time figuring it out if it didn't. We we actually spent a lot of time on it. Um, we continue to test. We test in like four different test labs around the world. Um, mm -hmm. And the reason people ask me why I do that is because test labs have biases. Uh -huh. I mean, they test specific ways. And we get different results in one lab than another lab. So we're mm -hmm. constantly trying to make sure we're balancing and getting the best information. Like if we only did in our own lab, what would we do? We'd choose the best results. Oh, look, here's our 48 right. times. Better, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. right. So um, I use uh, a lab, uh, two different labs in Southern California, one called uh, ACT. They do uh -huh. a lot of certification testing. But the one I really like is Dynamic Research uh, Institute, which um, they do everything. Like they do distracted driving tests. They took a, um, a airplane simulator and turn it into a car simulator where they put TV screens all around it mm -hmm. and then had teenagers driving in it while texting and then had oh, yeah. cars come in and, you know, yeah, so, they, yeah. you know, they're into, they're totally into the whole safety thing, but I, right. I use them and work with Dr. Terry Smith there. We use the Imperial college of London. We use TAS that's mm -hmm. in uh, the Netherlands just because getting different, you know, di the different research gives us a, a bigger, wider view of, of, not just one person's opinion. Yeah, yeah, totally. That yeah. Sense. So that helps with the with the rotational stuff. Now you were talking about the cone stuff, and I'm going to try to explain this to people. If and this is from my memory, so this will be your chance to cringe. And and but the way that I remember seeing you had a, like a cutout of a half of a helmet, and you could see instead of it just being one material that's all the foam, just one material in there. There was another material that was that was shaped in like looked like triangles or cones, with the point being the outside of your head, or the the farthest away from your head, and the flat or part being closer to your your skull. And they're like all over the inside of that foam, so that way that was, if I remember, some just like a different material, so it helped dissipate the force more. Different different densities. Um, different densities. They can okay. be different materials, and we have we we actually now use multiple materials. Um, most of the material that we our base material comes out of Ohio. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a Swedish company called Polysource, um, and it's just more it's it's more better than the stuff that, <laughs> you, that you just buy when you're yeah. in Asia. So we buy our stuff from the U.S. and, and ship it to our factory in Asia. So is uh, that cone stuff in all the helmets or just like no, the moto or? No, uh, they're in a lot of our helmets. Um, uh -huh. They're in not just moto bike. Uh -huh. Also um, it's in, it's in the, the uh, Maya that you're wearing. Oh, right on. So, you know, our goal is to take 
all our technologies and drive them down so everybody is protected the same way. Um, yeah, I'm not I, there yet. I'm, I'm not there yet. You definitely have the LDL in a lot of helmets, though. And that was one of the things that I remember you telling me about a few years ago when you first launched it. And now, I mean, you have it down in some pretty inexpensive helmets. Right now, 70 is our lowest. Yeah. Um, and and we're going to launch a new a kid's helmet uh, this in the end of this year. Mm -hmm. That'll be 55. So, it, but I want it in everything. I mean, right. I, just, I, I believe in it that much. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, we see the, the results and, and the testing and you, you know, that I also take every time I can get somebody's crash helmet back, we take it back. I cut yeah. them open. I study them. I look at them. Um, and now it's an official program, but initially it was just, I, I want to take a look at everybody's crash helmet and see how it failed and theoretically hopefully not failed <laughs> right, but right. How, how you know it's a failure to you if it's broken yes yes right so and, you're, you're using your industry talk there right and so so i yeah. think to back up and help you out with that story a little bit because i've heard it and i think it's a great one originally there was no or let me let me back up a little bit more cali has a program where you buy a helmet if you crash in it and you break it you hit them up and you send them back the helmet and then they give you a brand new one. And I, do they pay shipping? Yeah. So you pay shipping and you get a new helmet. So basically you buy one helmet, you get two if you break it, right? So when you said you first started that though, nobody in the company knew you were doing that. Yeah, it was behind, <laughs> it, it was behind the scenes. I mean, yeah. and usually what happens, and I, I feel you know honored when people do this often you get a note an email from somebody or get back to you and go dude i crashed you, you i thank you yeah and i'm like my first response is oh my god i'm thank god i'm talking to you because right. a quarter inch another way and bad shit happens right 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 so i'm and i said so i would say if you send me your helmet back i'll give you a new one because i want to study it and yeah. so it was just a thing between me and that crashed rider yeah. Um, you know, and then marketing gets all the shit and it becomes a thing and it's okay. Right. We, so, you know, and people go, oh, people are going to be throwing these helmets on the ground. And you're like, you know what? No, they're not. And if, yeah. if the, the few dickheads that are going to do it, I don't care. We don't yeah, want it. Right. That's not how we want to. Do you want to stress that? I don't want to stress yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the conversations that I have with people who are, you know, who have crashed, you know, are usually just awesome. I mean, they're, so, they're appreciative that we give a shit that much that we want, that we want to know what happened. And yeah. I, I think for a lot of companies, it's hard, especially when they do other stuff. No, no offense. I mean, I think, you know, the guys who do the full line of bikes and accessories, yeah, yeah. they have helmet guys that give a shit too. And they want to do right. a good job. I'm not bashing on that. But a lot of times the first response is, Oh shit, somebody got hurt. Don't say anything. My first right. response is, are you okay? Talk to me. Yeah, right? yeah. I want to know how you're doing. I want to know that, you know, I mean, like we, we, we just want everybody to get up and ride again, just like, right, like right. anybody would. Right. So it's a great program because, um, I try to try, I talk to almost everybody that sends a helmet in, um, mm -hmm. right now, my, my son, who's now kicking my ass riding, he's, he's working with us and he, he handles crash replacement and he sits right next to me. He's like, dad, what do you think of this one? And I'm like, holy shit <laughs> you know right. and and you know and and we 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 talk to the people we find out what's going on and how they're doing you know and yeah when i was down there you guys had like a big huge box that was probably like 
three or four feet tall and four by four <laughs> wide and it was just full of broken helmets and there was some some in there where i was like all right that was a that was a bad day but there was some in there it was like man that was a really bad day yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. we we actually we do we put on gloves this is before covid you right. know like i have one the other day from a guy that that i mean it was mostly from his face you know yeah. it wasn't a full face helmet and it was just I mean, you could just see the blood everywhere. Oh, wow. Know? That's crazy. And, you know, but, you know, I talked to the guy and, and he's just like, you know, I'm here because I was wearing a helmet. Right. Right. You know, and, and we're stoked that he was. So, right. Right. I know, like, I wore a helmet for probably, let's just call it like the first 10 years of riding mountain bikes and never had an incident where I like broke a helmet. And I remember sometimes I would question myself because I grew up, you know, in the 80s and 90s. Like I was a kid in the 80s and dude, nobody wore helmets except for like that one kid whose parents like made him. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, 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 yeah. everybody else. Dude, we just went around town riding BMX, raising hell and like scraping our knees and shit. Right. Yeah. And uh, so like I remember questioning like, oh, man, am I like just being miserable and hot and sweaty all the time wearing this thing? And I uh, I went over to the bars once. And uh, just freaking like dead sailored into some rock. And just, I think it was the first time I've ever actually had my bell rung where, you know, you hear that like, Bing, you know, and I thought I was like seeing stars and shit. I thought I was in a cartoon, you know, and I'm sitting there on the side of the trail and I took the helmet off and I look at the, the outside of it. And it's just got this huge, like crash cracking in, into the plastic. And I was like, holy crap like i would be like bleeding my brain out right now if it wasn't for this thing and at that point i was sold you know yeah. and and fortunately i was wearing a helmet when i got sold you know and i i i see guys still to this day sometimes you'll be out riding you'll see some kids like or not even kids sometimes some adults you know riding around with no helmet on you're like dude what are you doing man like this is this is no joke you know <laughs> You know, I actually have always been a personal choice person. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as much as I believe your chances, uh, not just believe, I have the statistics. To yeah, show it. Right. I live it, but I do believe it's a personal choice. I'm okay yeah. with motorcycle laws in like yeah, Arizona. Yeah. It's a, it's a personal choice. Um, we, you know, there's a lot of discussion on that. Okay. Now you're exposing medical yeah, costs, yeah, yeah, and this yeah. and this, and, and that's, that's not really where I'm going with that. Right. Um, no, I get what you're saying about personal choice, though. You know, so, I, you know, as much as you think I could get my kids to wear uh, helmets while they were skateboarding. Right. Nope. <laughs> they don't yeah. want to hear it, huh? No, no, no. How many kids you got? Uh, I've got a 19 year old son who's who's working at Cali right now. Uh -huh. And, and and you know, big skateboarder, big hockey player uh -huh. into hockey. And just like six months ago got into riding and you oh, know wow. at first and he's 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 he we have a we rent part of our building out to a crossfit gym so uh -huh. he's, he's like got super fit so at first it was like he'd go straight up the mountain and just burn himself out right uh -huh. and it was easy now he's kicking my ass the whole ride not just up uh, down to so we, went to, <laughs> we did downeyville last wednesday oh we yeah downeyville and he was just railing it so oh, uh nice. yeah yeah and then uh i've got a uh 20 20 uh, 21 year old daughter at the uh university of utah studying uh uh physician's assistant stuff and she's 
camping, hiking, and all into that stuff. And then I've uh-huh. got, and then I've got two stepkids that are the exact same age. I got a stepson, 19 and a stepdaughter, yeah. 21, who just started at slow this week or just moved down to slow. Oh, to cool. Going to school. Yeah. That's why we were down there. Yeah. That's a super cool city. I've never been there. That was like really, really nice down there. Me neither. That whole downtown area. How wicked cool fun is that? Yeah. It kind of reminded me of San and or yeah. San Antonio it was like how I had the, like the little Creek going through town and yeah. little restaurants and stuff pinned around it. I thought it was pretty sick. That's crazy to me that your son is just getting into riding now. Like you, have you been mountain biking all along or? Yeah. yeah you know, he would mess around with BMX a little bit. We go uh-huh. over to, to, uh, uh, Calabasas, mm-hmm. you know, and ride over there and, and a little bit at Cunningham, but skateboarding took over him and my stepson, you know, they're thick as thieves on getting out. I built a, built a half pipe in my backyard and then built a bigger one at the warehouse. Yeah. I was going to say, you got a pretty big skate park in your, in your office as well. We do. We do. Uh, I just moved the, uh, the, the mini ramp, the four or five foot mini ramp outside. So, uh, it's actually a good move because the kids have just been all over it. So, you know, hanging out. Yeah. Not my kids. I mean, just, yeah, yeah, you know, neighborhood kids that I don't know. How do you do, how do you do that? Like, uh, don't I would ask. imagine. Yeah, you just no, don't. Please don't ask. No, no, no. So we, we I know, because people are like, how do you? Because you have, like, people that don't, haven't seen on my videos that I've done down you have, like, a, a serious, like, dirt jump park out, out in the back lot of your, your building. That drop-in that you have is probably, what, 30, 40 feet in the air? It's it's 30 feet, dropped yeah. into three kickers, Yeah, and then ends up with a quarter. Yeah. Uh, we've got a boner log. That's like, I mean, Rogatkin came out uh, about, I don't know, three months ago. Yeah, Nikolai Rogatkin, for those of you guys who don't know, he's one of the Cali riders. And he he was just like, man, I could ride here. I can train here. So we have a young man who's hung out from the time he was 16, who's now on the FMB tour, who just started building. When we first started this thing, I said, okay, no gaps, only only tabletops, only this, you know? (laughs) And next thing you know, you got a 30 foot drop in. <laughs> and, and, and we do have a airbag onto a resi mat, yeah, um, nice. but you know, but not, en- not enough kids were coming and, and, it, and it's like, okay, we either go ahead and let them go bigger. Um, it's a little scary. I mean, yeah. but we've kept it. Like I had, I had, I did have a, a dad ask me the other day, you know, you know, why I did this? And, and I said, you know, we really try to make it, only for kids who are serious about riding. Right. It's not, you know, it, when it was only the tabletops and stuff, we started having kids come out and just hang out and smoking and doing stuff like that. It's like, yeah. that's not what it's about. I mean, if you, if you want to ride here, you need to be fairly serious about what you're right. doing. Not to say that we don't have stuff that I can ride, yeah, you know, yeah. or that, you know, that we have, a, we have a strider track for little kids. Um, but it, it's, I mean, we're in the bike industry. It's supposed to be fun. Right. right? And if we right. can't, if we can't, you know, have a little fun with, with it. So yeah, we have, we sign a waiver and, and we knock on wood or cross something, right you know, yeah, that, yeah. that, you know, cause we don't want anybody to get hurt. We never do. You, know, you guys got some pretty young kids out there doing some freaking, some serious jumps, man. I know I was down there for your, your, you guys oh, had an event. Yeah. And uh, th- there were some kids, they were probably eight, nine years old, man, dropping in on that thing. I tell you what, personally, I would be scared shitless just climbing up that thing, let alone going up there and sitting on a bike and just dropping out. Yeah. It- I, I, me too. I was shocked. And I was shocked that the kids are doing it. Fortunately, Zach, the kid who I talked about, 
uh-huh. doing most of the building. He taught at Woodward mm-hmm. um, up in Tahoe, and he has a pretty good eye on who's ready to go up to that uh-huh. drop yeah, in. Yeah. And so we have some other jumps that are kind of like he, he'll watch you and he'll go, okay, yeah, you're ready to try this or you're ready to go to this. Uh-huh. Um, and in fact, we just right off the side of the 30 foot drop in, we just put one about 10 feet lower into a, a mellower drop in so that you can work your way up yeah, yeah. Uh, into that. And that's the point of the resi mat and the um, airbag is, is the, the, the kicker isn't as kicked so that, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. that, you know, you can fly up onto the airbag and get the feeling of that uh-huh. weightlessness and get into it. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to make a training camp or anything. I'm just yeah, like, yeah. I just, I just, I dig it when people ride and kids yeah, yeah. ride. And I mean, the parents have been stoked about, you know, having a place that their kids can ride. And so, yeah, for sure. It's good That's stuff. awesome. So you guys make kids helmets as well as you make adult helmets. Sure. Is that all the same testing, like the same materials and like design? Like how does that work for kids stuff? Um, it's similar. Um, the The nice thing about kids, I don't know if nice, the, the difference is we tend to do a simpler design, which mm-hmm. allows us to make them softer, the lower density thing that mm-hmm. I love. Right, we don't tend to put as many vents in them. Vents, mm-hmm. big vents, drive up the foam density and make mm-hmm. everything harder because you have got to have a certain amount of material to, to dissipate that energy. Right. So, right. you know, when you're talking about huge vents, I'm just looking around for what's sitting around here. It's all right. Um, yeah, yeah. You you just end up um, having to drive up the density. And with the kids' helmets, we tend to make them a little more simple mm-hmm. so that you can keep that foam density lower the mm-hmm. best thing we can do for safety is lowering foam density mm-hmm. and one of the worst things you can do for lowering foam density is making more vents so mm-hmm. back when vent count was all that roadies wanted to talk about mm-hmm. you know your, your 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 density of the foam was so fucking hard mm-hmm. you were you were damaging people's heads oh wow yeah, it was like just no no bueno huh? yeah well and here i do grab one what's kind of cool and i'm not showing you this because it's a cali but on the roadside shapes have gotten simpler. See, I'm not very mm-hmm. good at this whole no, that's online right. stuff, but um, this is a new road helmet that's coming out with us pretty soon road across, whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. but it's now a little bit more arrow. It's, it's, you know, good size vents. Yeah, but, no, that's, that's pretty but, sharp, but not a ton of vents. So now, I don't have to drive that foam density through the roof. And mm-hmm. that's not just me. That's a trend in the industry. This, right. uh, this actual, this helmet was actually designed by uh, a guy that was at Jiro for 20 years as their mm-hmm. lead designer. And now he's freelance and he did this one for us. Cause what do I know about road? <laughs> <laughs> right on. So that that's, that's on the way coming out here soon. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, you brought out a new helmet recently, huh? A new mountain bike helmet. Oh, uh, the full face? Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, Interceptor? Invader. Invader. In- Interceptor um, is an old, uh, that's your enduro helmet, huh? Yeah. 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 Um, let's think about that. The, the, in, the Invader was based DNA from the Interceptor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the idea behind it has been to have a ton of ventilation. So that you mm-hmm. can ride it for hours and mm-hmm. not feel like I got to tear this thing off. So 
that's the I, one I've been kind of showing up here. I mean, just look at the amount of vents that are in it. Um, in the airflow so this, that happens. This is a full face helmet. The chin bar is completely attached. I remember I asked you years ago, whenever Bell and the, those guys were coming out with the detachable chin bar. And I remember asking you like, Hey, are you going to do that? And you, you said to me, I don't think it's safe. You said, there are some guys that I've seen do it. Well, I think I, I, I do think it was Bell that you said like the way yeah. that they did it, you were impressed with it. You did yeah. feel like that was safe, but you said for you yourself, you felt like it was better to have either a full face, a, like yeah. fully full face or a, or a, a half lid. And, and this thing goes way. all the way around. It's one piece all the way around. So the mm -hmm. strength is all the way around. With the, the detachables, you've got a lot of mechanisms right here. and Over by the ears. Yeah. And, and you know, it's it's a little bit weaker there. And I just liked to, to have this mono structure. And mm -hmm. um, it, it, I'm way more comfortable with it. Uh, you know, uh, I think the, the Fox Pro Frame does the same. Yeah. It's not detachable. Yeah, yeah, no, um, it is. yeah, you're right. Yeah, and and I I, I just buy into that from a design. Side. I can tell you, I have one that has a detachable chin on it, and I I never ride it without it. Like, so basically, it's a full face to me, right? You know, yeah. and so it's like the idea of having it be able to be detached is like I don't use it that way. I, I the only reason I've used that helmet is because it it breathes really well. So how, how often do you see people? actually carrying it on their back yeah like next to never right I've seen it a few times like i'm shocked because i've always said how many times and then you find right. somebody who does it but yeah so the idea of that helmet when when you came out with it was you wanted to be able to have a full face that people could ride like it's a trail helmet. Not, yeah a trail it's, helmet there it's a go. full face trail helmet i do not consider this a downhill helmet i do i don't want to see you riding a line on this helmet Go mm -hmm. get your, you know, your full face helmet when you go ride A-Line. We have that helmet. Other people have that helmet that that's built for that. Mm -hmm. This is, in my mind, a trail helmet. But look at what we're riding on trail now. Um, yeah. You know, go do, go do UC Santa Cruz campus. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's good shit, but it's like serious. It's not like, yeah. you know, um, you know, go yeah, to there's some, there's some, there's some full commit jumps on that trail for sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean but, but even you mentioned Downeyville, you know, you rode that with your son the other day and you're coming down third divide. Uh, if you're a fairly decent rider, you're at least over 30 miles an hour. Yep. You, you know what I mean? And, and 30 miles an hour hitting the ground. I don't care if you're not hitting a tree or anything, you're just hitting the ground. Like that's, 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 that's some damage can be done there. Well, and look at our bikes. Our bikes right. are, are, are handling this stuff better mm -hmm. and better. And it's allowing us to do those speeds and it's right. allowing us to go. Yeah, over that there, stuff. yeah. There's no way I could have done that on my fully rigid bike that I had in 1990. That's for sure. Exactly. Right? <laughs> you know, what are you riding now? What are you on? Uh, I have a, a Bronson. The still, still yeah. riding that Bronson. And then I have a hardtail that's just been, been all I want to ride lately. It's just, cool. it, yeah. Yeah. So that, that thing's kind of changed my, my, whole stance on everything on sudden i feel like uh i feel like people are like over biking you know they're like they're buying these like 170 mil bikes with this super long you know frame and 29 wheels and and then they're like riding these local trails that are like if 
five years ago, everybody calling them XC trails. Now all of a sudden they're enduro trails. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. you know, it's like, okay, when I go to Tahoe, I need the suspension. Yeah, for sure. You know, but most of the stuff I ride around here, like I ride my hardtail and just have a blast. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's, it's really changed, changed my perspective. The only part of it that doesn't work well with me is that I'm over 40 and your back is like, Hey dude, <laughs> get on the squish, man. <laughs> Some days. Yeah. Right. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you? But, what are you riding? So I just retired my Bronson and oh, yeah? I got to tell you, I absolutely loved it. Um, I, 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 if I could have gone wider tires, uh-huh. I would have stayed on it for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm pretty good friends with the pivot guys. Oh, sweet. Um, yeah. Have a couple former employees yeah, over Patrick's there and, down there, right? Yeah. Patrick's yeah. down there. Um, Brian's down there. Always had, you know, Chris rides a Cali helmet, Chris, the owner of, of pivot. Oh, right. On. And, and we, they've been giving me shit for a few years. Why am I not riding a pivot? And, uh-huh. Um, is money right <laughs> you're <laughs> like well why don't you guys give me a bike and then i will be <laughs> no that, you, can't, you can't do that but they did they did help me out this time and I, so i i picked up a switchblade i would think that you would get industry pricing man you are in I, the industry i, I, I did and they, they did they did but you, you never you don't want to ask for it when, yeah. when it finally comes and because you don't want to be that guy, right? Even in the industry, you're just like God, you know, there's too many guys who are like, like, ah, give me, give me, give me, and it's like yeah, eh. those damn YouTubers, man. That's all they want is free shit. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it though. It's right? expensive. So right. I, 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 I narrowed it down to the switchblade, right? Yeah. And um. That's the 29 or right? Mm, no, wait. It's the one oh. that can go 29 or 7, oh. 27, 5 plus. Oh, you can do both. Yes. Okay. So, hence the name. I asked for the 27, 5 plus in an email because I didn't mm-hmm. do a regular order form kind of mm-hmm. thing. And it came with a 29. Oh, shoot. And then you fell and in love. No. So no. then, no. So I'm like, okay, it came. I'm just going to try it. I don't want to be a whiny but right, he's right. going 29 hated it right absolutely hated it there's guys at the office hearing me say how much i hated this bike and like uh-huh. we'll take it you know right can i buy it for what you bought it for we'll right. take it <laughs> and so i went back to him and said this just isn't working for me uh-huh. the 29 thing wasn't working for me then i got the 27.5 plus on it i'm in love it yeah it's 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 a lot like my bronson honestly but yeah. now i'm able to go with the wider tires um yeah, yeah. I, I i'm sure i'd be happy with an with the new bronson where you can go with the 27 5 plus. yeah yeah um i'm a big fan of, of the bronson and yeah, bronson's a badass bike yeah. yeah but but now um you know with the 27 5. so it, 29 just it's there's all that controversy i know that you can go faster on it i know it rolls over things better it's that uh, um i always say it's not as flickable yeah that's a good way to say it you know like i always feel like they pick the lines a little bit more than you pick the lines yes yeah and i I just it just i'm not there yeah yeah i like i have the 27.5 plus on my hardtail though and i tell you that grip especially for a big dude like me oh my god it's beautiful yeah. <laughs> it's so yeah. good. And that's what I'm loving about it. Like I was super lucky before 
shutdown happened. Um, uh-huh. We were visiting our distributor in Chile, and I was mm-hmm. riding with a guy who rides pro on the downhill mm-hmm. uh, enduro series, and they put me on a 29, and that thing just ate me alive. Just that, it kind of that topping over that yeah. thing, you know. So I yeah. just, you know, it's kind of like me and whiskey. I've never grown up to the adult taste of whiskey. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and I, I've never grown up to the adult. <laughs> 29er yeah yeah <laughs> so no i can understand i i think it has a lot to do with the bike itself and i've ridden now because i used to be like hardcore anti 29er and um i'm i'm starting to like sip the kool-aid i'm not drinking it but i'm starting to sip it a little bit mm-hmm. here and there i've been on a few different bikes that still handled really well and i didn't feel yeah. like they had that that sluggishness let's just say that that they have you know but doesn't it depend on what trail you're on too yeah totally i mean i i think i uh, uh like a cross-country trail trail if you're on that on a 29er yeah. you'll love it like it just gets up and goes you know yeah but for me i like the like slow technical chunk stuff and Did i just you? don't feel like it, it shines there it just doesn't shine there you know well when I when I got the new wheels, I kept the old one, so they're hanging up right over there here. You go. So yeah. I, I'm gonna still keep trying to play with it and try to grow up to it and still yeah. like it, but you know it's cool. So I bet you after right. using the 27.5 plus for a while and then putting them on, it won't be that much of a difference, and maybe maybe, maybe then it'll it'll make sense. Well, and now I love the bike, so I'm not gonna be you know it's not me getting used to the yeah bike. yeah exactly yeah, yeah. So um, I want to go back to the the Invader. I I've talked to a few people that say that the small is too small and the large is too large. Was there a reason that you didn't make a medium or is there like plans for that in the future? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) If for those of you who know the 20, the invader took us a long time to get out. It's just getting that fit right of it being a cross country helmet, Mm -hmm. but having a full face on it. Mm -hmm. um, What was, what was was difficult fit? Just getting, just it, getting to, it to actually getting it like, to be comfortable. Fit. Yeah. Um, even down to the last minutes, I, I was even having hot spots and uh-huh. had, you know, had to make last minute changes. Cause in my mind, it's like, you already have full face helmets. Like, isn't that like the same inside shape or like, what is it that's so different? When you have a full face helmet, like a motorcycle helmet or a downhill helmet, right. you can put pads everywhere. You can uh-huh. just comfort the hell out of it when uh, you've only I got see. certain spots to put yeah. those pads. Because um, you have so much ventilation, that's what yeah. you're up against. So, um, if any of my sales guys are listening to me, they're going to kill me tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is the one I've been riding. And uh-huh. you see what the difference is? Oh, the back's cut out. And what do you see here? Oh, you got a twisty knob too. Nice. Fit system. It just fits so many more people. It it's you're you're taking out that back the, pad. the back the back wasn't there before though that whole cut out there right that cu- there was a yeah there was a bar that came across here so now it's gonna fit the 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 2.0 version that's funny because I know a guy that actually like kind of shaved a little bit of his helmet off back there he said he took the LDL out and kind of because yeah. he just couldn't get it to fit right and so um, we just. Well, honestly, I didn't have a fit system developed. We had to develop a whole new fit system that would actually fit into that helmet mm-hmm. before we could just put one in. You just you can't just throw one in. Fit systems, you know, yeah. have to have to fit right into the helmet. 
So I've been riding that prototype now for a couple of months and, and the difference and putting it on people and the differences now, instead of, Oh, I don't have this right pad. I got to fix this pad out. I got to do this. Mm -hmm. Now you just put it in and you click the dial and it's nice. It's nice. It actually did two things though. Here, this thing ventilates awesome already compared mm -hmm. to a lot of the full face ones mm -hmm. and no, no knock on them. They chose to close the back up. This does not meet the downhill standard because mm -hmm. it's too ventilated. The impacts can't handle it. So if you look at like the Fox Pro frame, mm -hmm. it, it passes the DH standard, but the back is completely closed. Uh -huh. It's open up here, but the back's closed. And the reason they did that was to pass the downhill standard. So mm -hmm. I openly tell people, this is not a downhill helmet. It's a trail helmet, right. but it ventilates way better than those ones that chose to be a downhill helmet but That's your chin bar i remember you telling me or somebody told me your chin bar still passes like the moto it does test it, for for impact super, but that's because it's that full mono structure instead uh -huh. of having that remo removable one it it's super strong so what's the difference then in the dh certification is just that like because you have all that those holes in the back like you yeah there's different or something, it, or? yeah there's different impacts that you do all through the helmet uh -huh. um and 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 multiple impacts that that without with all those vents we we can't it just pass. ends up breaking yeah. yeah yeah huh so um that 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 system that you have that that round clicky system are you going to be putting that in your other helmets too yeah there's a there's a um because you used to have one sort of like that in the maya and then you switch to this other one and um I think those ones that you're that, that little round clicky one that you got there. This is they going to like, the new Maya. This it is, is maybe in the Maya, yeah. Oh, sweet. So that'll, that'll make some people happy. It will. Um, that was not an easy decision either, because even though you had that weird, you know, that dual closure system, uh -huh. that it's a little clunky, but everybody loved the fit of the Maya. So yeah, the Maya, the fit is perfect. Like, right. But people complained about the fit system. Yeah. But wait, that's what made it fit so well. Right. So when you go and put a new fit system in, you got to be super careful. So uh, didn't you have a different one before that though? Not in the Maya. Oh, it wasn't in the Maya. Maybe uh, we just... we have we have a few different fit systems. Uh, okay. The cool yeah. thing about this one is now I don't have to have that back pad here. It, uh -huh. this, this now ventilates better than the original version, and right the Maya on. the Maya will be similar. And so I've got that, and then we've got a couple of more um, Maya esque helmets. Uh huh. Coming out shortly. Yeah. When's the uh, When's the 2.0 Invader come out? Another Another year? Or... Mm, uh, December. Right on. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Have to. I'd like to. I'd like to try that helmet. I honestly have been like, just battling with not wearing a like. I've been battling with myself thinking I should be wearing a full face more often. And and just because of the speeds that I'm going, like even on my local trails, like over 20 miles an hour on a pretty chunky trail that has a significant drop down to a river. Like I'm, I'm just asking for like the day where I lose my front teeth and then I'm like, Oh, I should have been wearing a full face. You, you know what I mean? You know, we, it, it's hard cause we've been riding for a long time, you know? Right. And, and we think I got this, I got this. And then mm -hmm. I get to see a lot of accidents and, yeah. and some pretty shitty and, and you're just like going, Fuck! If that person just had a full face, right? This would have come out different. But I mean, we're so used to not, um, you know, wearing that. I, I've actually got a another full face on the chalkboard that's been Check there. For, you out, man! You're all over it, huh? Well, I, I 
I think it's a good idea. But I'm thinking like hockey helmets. Why can hockey players wear these things? You know, the kids anyway, not the mm -hmm. pros that don't bother them. So why can't we have airflow like that? Uh huh. And so that's yeah, yeah. The, the, actually, the again. Oh, and I'm gonna get in trouble again. The original <laughs> invader. Man, we shouldn't put you online live. You know what? They always say that. They're like, no, don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> no, yeah, it's all good. But the the original designs was more like a. a like a ho hockey face mask, uh -huh. just because, and and it it and it, it it didn't get nixed because it's still around that mm -hmm. concept, but um, you know it it just was too foreign to people. But mm -hmm. now, how many times are you riding your local trails and you're seeing people on full faces? Yeah, people where you never, yeah. Now it's like yeah. not uncool. Before it was like, what what are you going to North Star? Right. Yeah. But I mean, you're seeing more and more people just like, the, I guess you could kind of do the air quote, like Enduro bro kind of look yeah. to it. But I think what it comes down to, I know with the few friends of mine that wear them, they had a pretty shitty accident and they were like, you know what? Like, it just like, they're like, I don't care. I don't care if people yeah. make fun of me. I don't care if I'm a little hotter. I don't care. Like, they're like, it's worth it. You know? And it, it's, it's sad that like, that's what it takes us to like you know come to terms with something like safety but yeah. it, it unfortunately it's the truth i mean for me i never wore elbow pads or knee pads for years and years and years and it was you know a couple years ago laying on my bed with bandages on both my knees and both my elbows and i was like i'm calling cali tomorrow and we're gonna make this happen because this is ridiculous like why am i why am i making the decision to not wear this stuff and like your knee pads for example that i wear your knee and your elbow pads they're super comfortable like i see guys like ripping their pads off at the end of a ride and like i'll the elbow pads will take off probably just because it's easy you know but the knee pads yeah, i'm like whatever about dude. you get yeah. home you'll do it when you get home yeah yeah, yeah. i'll have money and we drink a beer i'll be sitting at the bar i'm still got my knee pads on it's like i don't even care man they're, they're super comfortable so i think that you know that same kind of idea needs to come, you know, full circle with people with that, with the helmets. I was talking to a, a bike shop owner who mm -hmm. his wife went down and hit her face and he's like, she, she quit riding. You know, here's the guy who, you know, owns a bike shop and his wife's mm -hmm. integral part of it. And then when he saw the invader, he's like, I think I can get her back on a bike with this, you know? Yeah. And, and that's awesome. I mean, what do we want more? I mean, you know, not to switch gears too much, but how awesome is it? how many people we're seeing on our trails right now. Oh yeah. No, I know some awesome. people are bummed. Their trails are busy, but I mean, these are local trails. We all know how to get away from these people. If we really yeah, want to yeah, go, yeah. we can get away from them. And the fact that we're seeing people on our trails and enjoying cycling, um, you know, a, a way to get out in these tough times is, is really cool. And, but a lot of them are beginners, you know, yeah, it's no, like, there definitely is. Yeah, there's some people and, and you can tell, you know, they're little, unfamiliar with how to handle their bike and stuff like that but i mean at the end of the day like we were all beginners at one point so yep. I, I think that that is it's awesome that people are out there and you know hey it's good for the the shops right now are killing it like every guy that i know that works at a shop or owns a shop they're all like dude we're like selling more bikes and doing more service than we ever done which is is cool man like right on like the more riders you have the more trails we're going to end up with yeah, like it's a bigger group then, you know. Yep. So that's that's a good thing. Yep, a little shot in the arm for the bike industry. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So, um, when you when that new invader is the inside still going to be red? <laughs> you don't like it? I'm not crazy about red, man. And uh, I'm all like, you, I love you, to be like matchy matchy. So I'm like, can I get different colors uh, on the inside? Or <laughs> uh, Elaine, you you know you know you know Elaine, right? Our our design director now. Okay. Yeah. No. I don't oh yeah. I he, her. Him. It's a him. Elaine, okay, guy. It's fine. okay. Um, he's changing it to black. Okay. No, so he's gonna love to hear that. That. <laughs> yeah. Robert said, "I want. Yeah, he wants it black too. So right. you're gonna see some some versions with the. So you, we'll get you on a black inside there with the go. fit system on it. All for right. You. I'm in, uh, man. In, I'm in. in. <laughs> I, I think I can get you in in November. All right, on that. That'd be awesome. It, it, you guys heard it here. So if it doesn't happen in November, we're all coming down there and knocking on the door, right? <laughs> no, that, that's awesome. No, that's that's really good, man. It sounds like you have a lot of new products that you're working on right now. How do I, you juggle all that, dude? Because you're the you're still the only designer, right? Or no, I'm engineer? the only engineer. Engineer, okay, right? And so in the past, I would outsource the mm -hmm. design parts to other people mm -hmm. and um we just got so what uh, does design mean just like the the like the, the pretty shapes and colors and well, stuff like that well it means a lot of things actually i don't want to i, I don't want to <laughs> i don't want to discount it um yeah yeah no when we hired elaine the office i first put him in from mm -hmm. a previous person said safety before design and he's like, mm -hmm. mm, how about we put design with safety? How about we, you know? <laughs> I'm like, nope, it's still safety before design as long as I'm in this position. But <laughs> we are trying to balance it a little bit more. But it comes to a lot of things, right? Yeah. So uh, honestly, most companies start with drawings first, shapes first, and then they engineer it after. Mm -hmm. We try to start with what's our objective safety wise first mm -hmm. and then we go in and we start talking about what this thing should look like and and so you'll sit down with a guy like elaine or we have another guy alan who mm -hmm. we we start you know saying hey we, well the invaders an example we're, we're happy with the interceptor we want that dna so start mm -hmm. with that as a base and they start sketching and they start drawing and then they make the vents way too big. And I say, no, you have to shrink those down, you know, so it's a back and forth process. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, so, you know, it starts with simple, you know, 2d sketches of, mm -hmm. okay, this is going to work. This is not going to work. And then it moves on to, we still clay our helmets. We do it. We, once we're happy with a 2d design, um, we, we have, we make it into clay, just like they used to do with cars. No, right um, on, man. I was going to ask you that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I'm a former CAD guy. Um, yeah. You know, I started going to college to be a CAD engineer. and uh -huh. But you just don't get that organicness that you get out of touching it out of the yeah, clay. Totally. So then we then we digitize it, and then we put it into CAD. Mm. Then we review it, making sure that it's what we want. And then we go and we check all the thicknesses and different mm -hmm. things that we want from the I'm engineering I'm surprised side. you don't, like, print it, like, 3D print we, it Wait. Like Wait, oh. wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. One step ahead. So once we go through all that process, we do 3D print it. Oh, sweet. And we have, uh, you know, it's a, like a plastic thing you can touch, hold, and yeah, put on yeah. your head. Um, you certainly wouldn't want to crash in it because right, it has right. no safety features in it. But, you know, and, and then you find out, oh, shit, we missed this or we missed that. So we do mm -hmm. three, 3D print it. Then we'll go back sometimes and redo the CAD or, you know, make adjustments however we need to do it. Mm -hmm. And then, and then from there you, you start looking at it and go, okay, 
those proportions aren't right. This is, you know, and that's where, you know, our design people come in more and, and we nail the shapes. And then, then it goes to a whole graphics process, mm -hmm. which is like, Ah! yeah yeah <laughs> like oh my god <laughs> um, i would imagine at that point you're like dude you guys do whatever you need to do i'm out <laughs> <laughs> well you got to be careful yes i'd like to say that um and now that we have a, a, a better uh, we've been around longer and we have a good team looking at it i mean early on i think we we just i didn't pay enough attention to the graphics and did exactly what you said yeah. do whatever you want and our, and our guys went crazy uh-huh and we put like this the Cali mask 18 times on a helmet and uh -huh. you know all these things that just didn't make sense so we we pulled way back mm -hmm. and kind of you know did my favorite two colors black and a little Red. less black <laughs> <laughs> no still black and black okay <laughs> back in black oh wait, sorry there um, you go. and then uh and then and then you know then you look at the details you look at you know all the little pieces and things mm -hmm. like that and so now um I was doing the majority of that and now having help because honestly, colors and graphics are not my strength. I mean, yeah. I didn't do, I didn't make any of them. I just hired other people to do them. And, and now we have, uh, you know, a clear direction and somebody driving that part. And that that's a great relief to me. So check this out. One of the guys in the uh, comments wanted to know how you guys came up with the logo. <laughs> so um, I have a partner in France Mm -hmm. um who takes care of europe and he's, he's uh he he worked for solomon he's a total skate rat mm -hmm. and he came up with a logo which i here i got a piece of paper here that was two k's back to back okay can you see that no you can't really see that there Wait, it is yeah. yeah i got it okay sort of looks like the dead kennedy sign or the brand core. Yeah, yeah. Remember the brand, are, they, are they still around? I don't know. Sorry, Lance, if you're not. Um, and I'm like, no, that one's been taken. And I said, well, how about you do something a little bit more organic? And mm -hmm. that, you know, something that a kid would want to draw on his folder while he's bored at school. Uh -huh. I, even, I even use the word peachy folder, like anybody knows what a peachy folder right. is anymore. But not so anymore. He, yeah, no. So he came up and, and came up with that. And it's, it's a bit more organic. Um, you know, and it's, so it's really started with two K's back to back that just uh -huh. kind of grew from, from that, from the design side. Um, we, we overused it. We abused it. <laughs> like literally <laughs> every designer we'd work with would want to put it all over the place. So we've kind of pulled back on it, but it's still fun. And, and it's, it's actually a little controversial. Like what? some people love it. Well, some people love it. Like our South American distributors love it. Other people can, oh, it's kind of childish, you know, but it's, it's ours. Yeah. So anyway, we, we, we use it a little more sparingly now. Yeah. Oh, well, it's I, your brand, I, man. It is. It is. I still wear it with pride. Yeah, no, I think it's a cool logo and it's definitely like you, you recognize it from a distance. So, I mean, that's a good thing there. It's not a, uh, it's not gaudy. So. I think you guys do a really good job with your designs. And, and if there is like, usually on your helmets, you'll have maybe some that are a little wilder, but then you have still, you still have like the, the classic black helmet with just white logos and that's it. And, and red, 
interior. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But I mean, like the road helmet that I have is just black with, with white. I think the first Maya that I had was just black with white. I think, don't you always make that just the, the black with the, the white or no? The, the, no? the number one seller of all our helmets is black. Yeah. Always. It's, it's just always the baseline. Yeah. Um, road gets into a little bit more white. And then we do try mm -hmm. to have some other options out mm -hmm. there just to, to, to spice some it up. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I go, sorry to digress, but I, no, used go to, for it, man. I used to make, you know, I, I used to design for other companies and I worked with this company called Fulmer and mm -hmm. they primarily made motorcycle helmets. They primarily made the buckets, the little half shells. Okay. Yeah. And they sold 90 some odd percent all black. So yeah, one right. year they said, you know what? Why do we waste our time on all these other colors? So they just came out with an all black line. The mm -hmm. next year, their sales dropped, <laughs> and they they believed it was just because people didn't view them as imaginative. imaginative. Right? Yeah, I gotcha. Right? So they, you know, so they're like, so even if you're going to buy ninety percent, you still, as a consumer, want to see other the options. options, right? Yeah, but, man. I I know, like for me, like the black helmet goes with no matter what you're wearing. It's like no matter what bike you're on, like you're good, and. Last time that I got the Maya, I have the uh, the gray one with like the blue, the green kind of like lining on it. Oh uh, yeah yeah yeah. And I wanted to get the green one, the one that was just like all green, because I was like, I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna not get something dark and black, and I'm gonna get crazy. And I didn't get it. And every time I see somebody with that helmet, I'm like, man, I should have got that green one. <laughs> <laughs> I I might have one around somewhere. Really? Oh, well, I'll have to hit you up now. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, either way, I did want to come down there and uh, bring my my broken Maya down to you so you could take a look at it. Yeah, let's uh, let's get you off that though. That's what that, I have another one that uh, an older one just doesn't have the LDL in it, which nah, I wanted nah, to ask you get the about. Right yeah, is when I first got the Maya, it had green LDL in it, and I noticed all your new ones have blue LDL. Yeah. What is it just a color change or did you actually change the, the way that that stuff is manufactured or set up or something? So the, the people who make the, the LDL is a company called Rion. Mm -hmm. They, they were, a they were called armor gel and then, uh, under yeah, armor yeah. suit yeah. them. Oh, there you <laughs> go. Anyway. So they changed their name. Um, and their, their basic color is blue. And so they asked us to to switch with them to support them. Uh -huh. So we we we've now moved to blue, but we've also changed the shape of it. Um, look, I'm gonna rip one right out of my helmet right now. Just to oh show man, you. there you go. Just All right. It. Let's see if I can get this right. So oh. uh, there you go. See, okay. it's more. Uh, and this came from testing in London that it crushes better and folds over better. Than the one I showed you a few minutes ago that I threw on my desk somewhere that I can't find. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but so I have like kind of like from what I'm looking at, it looks like it's kind of like a little more like bulby on the top than it is. And it, yeah, and it's before it was out. just like cylinder, just like a like a straight cylinder. Yeah, and in the same area we only had three, and now we have five, so you're spreading the load better. It's oh, okay. better contact. It's more comfortable, but having the same effect. Uh -huh. So the other ones would get a little harder. A little so these ones you hardly feel. Uh-huh. So and and we're constantly working on new shapes now. We're like what's more efficient? It's yeah. not just to do new shapes to do new shapes. It's like what works the best. 
Uh-huh. Um, like Fly has their new shape. So I'm like, hmm, what yeah. are they doing? Like, what, what's going on over there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have a lot more money. Right. So, so yeah, so just gotta watch what they're doing. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's how shit happens, right? Then yeah. then freaking uh, Steve Jobs get the get the idea for the mouse from um, hanging out in IBM or something like that, or Microsoft. I something, don't know. Yeah, 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 it was one of those guys. Yeah, innovate or wait, rip off or duplicate. Anyway, yeah, sorry. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so you're down there in in Morgan Hill, right? Yep. There's a bunch of other bike companies in that area. Are has that worked out well to your advantage, or was that just kind of happened accidentally? Or I'd say more accidentally. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, the big red S is like 500 meters from us, and they're welcome to come use our dirt jumps, and and they do sometimes. Not right on. You know, we don't. We, we welcome everybody. We're we're not obsessively competitive. Um, we're like we just want to ride our bikes with people. Um, but yeah, uh, they're there, um, you know, they kind of dominate the city. We tried to get a booth at the tour to California once and they're like, no, you guys, no, our main sponsor won't, <laughs> won't let that happen. All right, uh, whatever. So, we'll, happen, so we right? just had a party, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, no, I don't know that it's helped that much other than, you know, um, you know, our design director came from specialized. We're stoked to have him. And the didn't you say earlier, you used to work for him too. I did many years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. A long time ago. Uh, no hard feelings on my side. So yeah, yeah. It's a rough place to work. It's they they grind you pretty good there. Yeah, I would imagine. I mean, you don't get to be that big of a company without freaking busting some chops. They along the they way, treated right? me well. Yeah, they yeah. treated me uh, on all going in, going out. So right on, man. Yeah. So what uh what are you looking forward to doing with Cali? Um. You know, my main my main personal goal is to get it running in a way that I don't that I can totally focus on the R and D stuff, mm-hmm. totally work on the research, the materials, mm-hmm. uh, impact attenuation, and and not have to focus on worrying about what the sales numbers were this week yeah, or how yeah. we're going to make payroll or yeah. you know, I mean, just the stuff that you go into as a business person that right. Um, you know, I'm stoked to have learned. Uh, you know, I never knew I was going to have to know as much about accounting as I do. And, right. and, you know, but I've got really good people in place. Uh, honestly, um, my, the, the, the customer service attitude at Cali from top to bottom, from Jason mm-hmm. to, to Eric, and just the mentality of it's not oh, make a sale. I got to make the sale. It's like, mm-hmm. how can we partner with our with our retail partners and, and like, we want to do business that makes us smile. Right. You know? And, and for me, that's, those are more my goals than anything is to continue to do the research that we do. I, I love, uh, I mean, I just, we want everybody to get up and ride again, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that's, that's, that's fun for me. So yeah, yeah. totally. Totally. I get yeah. it. Makes sense. What, um, <clears throat> what, is there a reason that you haven't like gone into other kinds of helmets? Like when we were talking about like hockey helmets or like, yeah, you do, you do have some skate stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and we, we, you know, my partner, David, that I talked about in, in France, he like, he's a huge snowboarder. Um, you know, like I said, worked for Solomon still does, um, board, uh, 
rides for you they give him demos and he gives them mm -hmm. feedback yeah uh, totally. you know and that stuff um but it's not i can make i can make you an equestrian helmet that will kick ass mm -hmm. and i've had people come and ask us to do that but what i've learned is marketing and selling those things is a lot different than just making them Right. I mean, what about like other action sports, like like kayaking or something like that? I mean, I would think that that helmet's pretty close to a bike helmet, wouldn't? Isn't it? Easy to make. Yeah. I mean, not that we, I, you know, we could do that, uh -huh. but it's the marketing. again, it's the marketing and sales channels. Uh -huh. um, you know, it's like I said with Moto. Even though we still do Moto, every distributor has their own Moto helmet brand mm -hmm. that you know they don't want to promote another off-brand so now you've got to go into every shop i mean how we got cali to work was we grand we grounded out picked mm -hmm. up the phone i don't know if you would remember alex stover at, at cali but i don't think, I think our that was, early yeah, yeah before your time before my early time, man yeah. we were just calling introducing the brands telling them what we were about meeting them at trade shows yeah and oh my, you know and and now trade shows are gone right what, and, what year did you guys start um 2009 okay yeah so you so okay so it's still a pretty pretty young company then it, it, it it's a grind i mean yeah, getting yeah people to know who you are and what you do and why you do it i mean i do really appreciate you know a lot of the new writers from coming in now where they call us up and, and want to and ask us questions and we actually answer the phone uh -huh. and and they're like man you know i i'm a new writer i've been investigating helmets and your name keeps coming up in the safety discussions mm -hmm. and man i i super appreciate that i'm so excited that that's you know that, that that's happening because i didn't start this to be cool mm -hmm. i didn't you know that's not what what we're about and that's not our main purpose you know it's to make the safest helmets we know how to make and so um you know finally getting to that level of recognition took a long ass time i mean yeah i bet i, I mean it, and it's still not like a no. no offense to you or, or or the hard work that you put in. I mean, it's still not a brand that everybody knows of at this point. You know, no. I think you guys are doing a great job of making a badass helmet. And over time, I mean, that that word spreads on its on its own and yep. some of it's organic. I mean, but I mean, it, it's not like you're going to go as a small company, go dump, you know, specialized kind of marketing money out there and try to get everybody to know. You just can't. I mean, that's, yeah. that's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. But but making good products and getting people to talk about them. I mean, that that's definitely something you can do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, honestly, you know, we tried the marketing where we, you know, I mean, Nikolai Rogatkin's, you know, we've had him since. 2010 yeah. you know and, and he's he's been great but you know for us being safety first athletes don't really sell helmets for us it's yeah it, you know because we can't make those videos and we can't do a ten thousand or a hundred thousand dollar helmet launch you know right. like like well, i'll tell you what watching that dude nikolai roll down the hill and and rampage and take a like what was it, like 30 40 foot digger off the side of that cliff and get up pick his bike up and keep riding i'm like that that'll, that'll sell some damn helmets i'm sure i i actually this it was when ldl was brand new i glued those in his helmet it was this was the first helmet to get him i i sat there and glued <laughs> each one of them in there and i was pretty stoked that he had it in there because right. he did get up and walk away yeah, and then we went back to the university that we developed this with and uh -huh. we had the crash we had the helmet so we could see exactly where it hit we we 
slow motioned it down and we could figure out the speed that he hit the ground. And we went back into the lab and tested the helmet with and without these. And we could determine that the likelihood of concussion went from, or, or being knocked out actually, mm -hmm. from 92% down to just below 60%. Now, 60% is still a lot, but yeah, reduced yeah. from almost certain you're going to yeah. be knocked out to now you have a chance. I mean, that guy's that guy's a monster and he's rock hard right. and he's yeah, a badass yeah. kid, you know. But if we can help him get up and ride, then we're yeah. pretty stoked to that too. Yeah, 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 no, that's awesome. It's definitely like I, I remember the first time I saw that video and I was just like, holy crap, man. I, I forgot that you guys did all that that the science stuff because you have some pretty cool videos. If I remember, they were on your your website or YouTube channel or something like that that shows all all, all of that that stuff that you guys worked on there. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's funny, it's, you know, you got all the safety parts of what you do and, and it's not everybody that wants to follow on, up on that stuff, mm -hmm. but, you know, it's important to us and, and some people just want to know that we care, yeah. you know, and then other people want to know the science behind it and we want to make sure that they are there, they have access to that. Mm -hmm. So, um, what, what is, what, what's... <clears throat> What am I gonna say? That that's a good question, Robert. <laughs> ran out of thing, ran out of talent right there. <laughs> so what do you what do you have going on that is like that you're most stoked about right now? Um so right this minute, I, I talked about the, the foam being softer, right? Mm -hmm. And the foam being too hard. So we've got this foam we buy from Ohio. Mm -hmm. talked about that from one company we also have a foam that we buy from italy that does something different mm -hmm. and each of them have two different characteristics but neither of them are perfect mm -hmm. and the italian guys are going why aren't you using more of our material and mm -hmm. the, the the ohio guys are going why are you even looking at this material yeah. and i've actually got these guys working together now oh, they're doing a go. combined formulation oh, so sweet. yeah this helmet um here the it's called the uno the one helmet the uh, only the helmet road. you need the one yeah, yeah. it's it's going to be the first one with that material in it and right off the bat it's 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 reducing the the g forces by about 12 percent. Mm -hmm. we think it can be better so we're going back to these guys and go how do you formulate this stuff better mm -hmm. so maybe that's the engineering geeky side mm -hmm. um I think the other thing to be more broad in general is how do I take that technology that I can only get to this price point and keep bringing it down and mm -hmm. bringing it down so that even if you're only going to buy a $40 helmet, if you're a new rider and you're like, I don't want to buy a hundred dollar helmet, you know, mm -hmm. that, that, that you can still get the same level of safety at mm -hmm. every level. Right now we put as much as we can, afford in every price point mm -hmm. but the goal is to drive all these technologies down so that it doesn't matter that you don't have to buy a 750 dollar fly helmet to get mm -hmm. this special technology you can get it all the way down through the line so yeah. those are those are some of my driving forces right now right on man what um what what is it that that's that's keeping you from being able to, to do that? Is it just the cost of that, like just actually developing it, or is like the molds, or like having somebody glue that extra piece in costs this much more? Nah, it's, it's, it's material costs. It's, uh -huh. it's developing the materials. Um, 
for example, we found just because we got this one, I found another material that's testing out equally as good. That's like a quarter of the cost. Right. Okay. And, so and, then and you're like, sweet. Now we can save some money then. Right. And well, and I can but not jeopardize the safety. Yeah, yeah. Right. But, and then people say, well, why don't you use that in all your helmets? If it's that much less? Well, because that's a material I found that this comes from a, from guys who do research every day. They right. do, they have the same goal I have. And mm -hmm. so I want to stay close to the university. I want to stay close to the, to the researcher. So I continue to work with these guys, put mm -hmm. it in these helmets. And at the same time, continue to look for stuff that will work throughout the whole line. Got it. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. That totally makes sense. <clears throat> so if you got on, if you got that sailboat that you were talking about earlier, where, where would be the first place you go? Uh, I think down the coast, I think yeah. a coastal cruise, I think yeah. I'd go down through Mexico. Um, you know, see, well, okay. The first thing I'm going to do is go back to Catalina Island. One uh -huh. of my favorite places in the world is go to the isthmus at Catalina Island. Isn't um, that just, that's just like off outside LA, right? It is. You, you yeah, can yeah. get there from Redondo Harbor in about five hours. You from uh, down there originally? No, I, I, I grew up right here in, in the Bay area, San Jose. Oh, right on. Um, you know, moved away a few times, uh, -huh. uh and then Keep ended up back. Yeah. Ended up in, in LA for aerospace. Uh -huh. and then uh and then came back but i i'm willing to go anywhere anymore uh, yeah. you know it's, the barrier is awesome we pay the taxes for the weather right uh, yeah uh, my lady calls it the sunshine tax mine too exactly <laughs> what my wife says we pay the sunshine tax and and um you know and a lot of it depends on on where cali goes and where that develops because i don't see me leaving it anytime soon so right. i need to, i need to be somewhat connected um where I, i'd love to uh like, like I said, focus mostly on the R and D and the safety side and the engineering side, mm -hmm. um, and let other people worry about, you know, the, the, the website and the, yeah, you know, the social stuff. media and, and all that stuff, you know, yeah, so. for sure. So Where hopefully, like, hopefully I'll do a podcast with you from my boat somewhere out go. in the Pacific ocean. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll just have to come down and join us. And right. That the, sounds like week. a better idea. I'll just yeah. go meet you somewhere. We could sit yeah. on the beach and drink. Let's margaritas. go to Cabo. <laughs> yeah. That sounds good to me. I'm in. <laughs> exactly. Where do you, where do you like to ride down there? When I'm down South or no, like around home. Around home. Um, well, I live one minute bike ride from Santa Teresa park. Uh-huh. So it's it's it, you know Santa Teresa it's like boom or boom, you know, it's yeah, not up or it, down, it, huh? So it's great for for getting the exercise and they just opened that new park Calero <laughs> so I can go through the Santa Teresa and do it. Oh, like, I think I rode over there with your uh your guy Jason and uh Richard from Stickerd. Yeah, yeah. Did you go up to Ball Mountain or just I, do the loop? You just I think probably, we kind of did a lower loop because yeah, it was yeah. like we were I think it was whenever you were having your uh your your little shindig that you guys put on a few yeah. months back. And then I did ride Santa Teresa on a different ride with Richard. And there was like a super chunky technical line that we came down on our hardtails. Rock, Rocky and, Ridge. Yeah, that was fun, man. Especially yeah. on a hardtail. It was like, dude, this is this is legit. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I ride it a lot because, like I said, I'm on a trail in a minute. Um, uh -huh. That close to that. But like everybody around here, uh, you know, flow trail at Demo is awesome. Yeah. Uh, I did go into to campus, um, yeah. you know, off Highway 9 there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I look, I've been traveling less for the first time in 10 years. Uh -huh. And so like we did Downeyville, uh, got a plan to go to the canal plunge down out of Bakersfield in, oh, in July. Fun. Um, 
and I die in to get up and see Wild Bill up at uh -huh. Ashland at Ashland oh, Adventures. Go. So and have you uh, ridden in Ashland? I have not. I haven't been up there yet, and I keep telling myself it's like only a four-hour drive from Sacramento. So it's like I could so easily get up there. I don't. I don't know why I haven't. They have a pretty big event up there, don't they? Every year, like they, a couple of days camping or something like that. Yeah, I'm, I don't think that's happening this year. But yeah, um, you know, you just go to you know Ashland Mountain Adventures, and they're going to take yeah. care of you. Wild Bill's and and Sue's awesome. Um, Eric um, from Cali did it a couple weeks ago with his wife, mm -hmm. and he's like, "Dude, you got to go up there." Um, it's good North, stuff. North Star's opening July 10th. Yeah, I so, saw the, they sent an email out or something like that. Somebody was posting about it online. Yeah, I haven't ridden that yet either. No, it's yeah. I um, this is the thing, man. There's like limited number of weekends to ride in in Tahoe, right? Yeah. So like every year as soon as the snow melts and i mean this year is kind of late especially with the with the uh whole covid situation going on like it's like go up there and ride this lift or like go do some other trail that i heard about that i haven't ever been able to do again or yeah. you know and for me that there's an area that's a little um you know trucky has a lot of stuff that's not sanctioned and uh i i, I rode some a trail that wasn't sanctioned um up there kind of like you see is you know what i mean everybody rides it but right. it's not like you know the legit stuff and i and i rode this one like the last weekend before it started snowing last fall and i just been like thinking about it all all winter so like stuff like that it's like as soon as i get that opportunity it's like go up there and ride the lifts or like go do these these adventures you know that's, that's what i like the mountain bike for right you know i'm, I'm a little more lean toward the adventure side yeah, doing a yeah. lift every once in a while or doing like downeyville i mean what yeah. how, how far is downeyville from you it, i think it's like two and a half to three hours it, it, it's still it's a pretty a, good hike a, yeah because okay. it was but it's worth it yeah. <laughs> we did that a couple of weeks ago i think it was two or three weeks ago and we self-shuttled it was before i think they just started running some of their shuttles yeah not everybody's open so. yeah yeah and i mean and doing the self-shuttle is like it's all fun and games at the beginning, but at the end, you got to drive back up there and get your car and come back down the hill again. And it's like, oh man, what a bummer. But, uh, but yeah, no, that's that place is super fun. There's a bunch of stuff up there that I haven't ridden either. You yeah, know? yeah, me either. The, cool town, too. Have you, um, have you tried the e bike thing? No, no, and you, it, it's it. Oh, go ahead. What's your question? No, I was going to ask you, like, so where, you at, where, where do you stand on it? This is like uh, the religion question of, yeah. uh, of mountain biking. I, I think I'm coming around to saying I, I need to try it. Yeah. Um, just, you know, for multiple reasons. Um, you know, my wife's a big hiker and uh -huh. she, she doesn't love cycling. And we've got Henry Co. right yeah. near us. It's huge. Right. And, and I'm like, man, if we got a couple e-bikes, we could destination yeah you know so so different from um from let's bomb down a hill stuff. yeah yeah you can go for a long way um i i won't say who or what company but i did have a engineer from a company tell me wait till they're coming out with the new e-bikes that are gonna seem like you're bombing down just like you're on a regular bike no, now I people know. say that right now but you know like like when you do campus right if you do or uh, the backside of campus at, at UC Santa Cruz, uh -huh. you know, you go, you can do a couple loops. If you're really anxious, you can do three loops on your regular bike.
but those guys are doing five, six loops. Yeah. On, uh, you know, on dead campers on, you yeah. know, seriously good run. So it's, it's starting to creep into me. Um, well, like even know. with Downeyville, like they were, they were renting the e-bikes there at Downeyville Outfitters. And so before the snow was melted, you couldn't, you couldn't get all the way to the top, but you could e-bike from the shop up the hill and get like all the way up to the, the river or up to the top of big boulder and turn around and come back down and get, you know, still a good seven miles, eight, nine miles of downhill, but you, you couldn't drive up there. So it was like, it's yeah. stuff like that where it's like somebody else, I, uh, another channel that I, I I'm friends with, like they just did a ride the other day. It was like 8,500 feet of climbing, but I mean, it was still like a, they, they got that back in downhill too. So realistically, I don't think those bikes help on the downhill. I, I actually want to do a video where I try that to see how much faster I can get on like a, a local trail that I know how to bomb the shit out of yeah. and just the, I don't feel like the advantage. I don't feel like there's a lot of advantage to the downhill, you know, other than the bike's going to be planted more because it weighs more. Yeah. But I don't really think that like, you're not going to be pedaling and getting to go, so much fat. I mean, how much pedaling do you do on downhill anyway? Yeah. You know, unless you're like an EWS like racer kind of guy, you, you do a couple of strokes to get up the speed, and then you're just you're you're freaking coasting, right? You know, I think I needed just to stick keep up with my son now. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, I think you know. I, I'm sorry. I, I yeah, I'm getting older. You know, it, I'm not recovering on my rides as fast. Yeah. I'm like, damn, I, I'm not ready to be done yet. So I'm you know trying to stay in shape, trying to you know ride more, but. At some point, I might need a little assist. So I, I'm, I'm not ready yet. I'm yeah. not quite ready, but um, they're getting so good, and the people that have them just love them. So it's I'm only happy. a matter of time until that bike weighs exactly the same as a bike does right now, except for they got those batteries in it. You know, yeah, yeah. Maybe an extra two pounds or something like that. Or, but I mean that that last Specialized that came out, it's like thirty-seven pounds. I mean, my Bronson with all my crap on it, it's still like 32 you yeah. know it's not like they're off by much yeah i'm, I'm, no, I'm carrying way more in beer belly weight than that that's for sure <laughs> exactly right so um what what is it that and we're getting pretty close to wrapping it up here so what is it that makes cali stand out in your eyes compared to other other protective companies well you know i, I think the fact that we are small and we mm -hmm. do react and their priorities are what our priorities are. Look, the, the, the engineers at, at brand X, I'll even say it, you know, it's Euro. They give a shit too, but they're also owned by a corporation and decisions right. have to be made. Um, all those decisions, you know, ultimately fall on me. And mm -hmm. as long as I'm here, that safety focus is still going to be the number one thing. And, um, I think the other thing that's standing out is, I mean, we're a brand that, that, that is built on customer service. We give a yeah. shit about our riders. We give a shit about our dealers. We just, we, we want to, you know, we, we want to keep it bike industry love, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. so, you know, I don't have to answer to, to, you know, corporate investors. I don't have to answer to those kind of things. Yeah. I've even had people come to me with ideas and and say hey what you know i've got this great idea and i go you know why don't you go over to bell they're way bigger than us and they're just you know 45 minutes from here yeah and it's like i try but i can't get past you know the the 
the the engineer thinks it's cool, but then he's got to take yeah. it to a supervisor. Yeah, then he's yeah, got to take it to his manager. Then he's right, got to take the vice right. president, the president, and then finally down to corporate in Texas. You know, yeah. so um, for me, it's a combination. You know, we we do we like to call it gas. We give a shit. We give yeah. a shit about what we do. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> we we sounds love like a Cali type of saying to me. <laughs> I, yeah, we're we're stoked to be in the position we're in. Um, we we. You know, we, we like to treat people the way we want to be treated. And I really feel that's coming out, um, you know, even through these hard times, you know, we're not calling people up saying, hey, you know, can we sell you something? It's like, what do you need? Um, right. You know, how are you doing? Are your shop slammed? You know, you know, let us know if we can help you kind yeah. of attitude. Well, I know you really care about the safety. And that was one of the things that always meant a lot to me like hearing some of the things that you'd say about that i mean i've seen you at a event stop somebody that had a really old cali helmet and be like hey take this new one because i feel like this one's safer <laughs> so like I, and i know your marketing guys are always like dude you know, shut up <laughs> shut up but i mean no you, you i mean you really do care and i think that that's the thing that that really you know shines about the company because when you have a leader like that that trickles down to everybody else inside of there so i think you're doing great stuff and you're going to keep doing good stuff and i can't wait to see all all these new products that you got coming out man I, I, come see us let's go ride i'll show you i'll show you the some stuff that i don't have sitting here in my garage yeah no that'd be fun i need to make my way back down there richard from stickers always uh yelling at me to come down there and usually when i'm coming down i'm trying to get him to work on some bike of mine so he's like he'd be stoked if i actually came down and wasn't trying to get him to print a bunch of shit for me <laughs> so with with all that being said man i really appreciate you coming on the show dude it was great chatting with you man every time i talk to you it's a good time and you're you're really easy to chat with and like i said at the beginning of the show like you guys are a good company. Like I really like my favorite company that I've I've talked with and all the time that I've done YouTube. So I don't know what that means. I and mean, you get a shiny star or something from a big fat drunk guy or something like that. But uh, but no, seriously, you guys you guys are great, and I really appreciate you come spend spend a couple hours chatting with me. Anytime with you, buddy. Right on, man. Let's so, do it on a bike next time. Right? Yeah, let's do that. We, we <laughs> then we don't have to have any headphones on or any of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So for everybody out there in the uh in the world that's listening to this electronically thank you for for checking this out man every sunday this is on 5 p.m pacific standard 8 p.m eastern except for when it's not and usually if it's not i post that on youtube and instagram and all those other places sometimes people's schedules work out for different days of the week or i actually have a life and a job to do so sometimes this doesn't always happen but hey if you guys like what you saw today or like what you listened to give me a thumbs up hit the subscribe button do that for sure. If um, if you guys want some good equipment, some good safety equipment, seriously, stop by CaliProtectives.com. The link will be in show more, whether you're listening on a podcast or YouTube or whatever. Swing by there. Check it out. I'm telling you, the Maya is the, the most comfortable helmet that I've ever worn. So, And apparently, he's making it better. I'm, I'm anxious to go ahead and, and try that, that new Invader out. That, that sounds super fun to me as well. Um, <clears throat> the other thing is, the pads that I talked about earlier, the Cali strikes, those things are, are great. They're like a light pad that has, um, they just, they're just super comfortable. I mean, it's not, it's not the, the pad you want to go, you know, 
jumping off a cliff with or something like that, but they'll, they'll save your ass. So they have done for me a lot of times over and over again. So can't speak well enough about Cali or Brad. Thanks again, man. I really appreciate you coming out here. All you guys out there. Remember one thing. It only takes a bike to be a biker. So get out and be one. <laughs> Sweet.